Today's podcast is being presented by Podgo. You know, I have a lot of podcasters that appear on this show because they want to promote their show. I know lots of them want to monetize their show as well. Well, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast if you've got one. And providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And don't forget to mention, how did you hear about Podgo? Just say, too many podcasts. Thanks. That was a long meeting. Is it lunchtime yet? I'm starving as well. But I'm starving. The doubts. Jared Easley is in the Sherpa Chalet today. Do you think the doubts will mind if I finish off the last donut? I highly doubt it. Oh brother. Can we find a better joke writer? Anyone? Attention rebels of the sure pollution. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa Chalet. As a reminder, please don't disturb the yak. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. Hey there, Rebels, and how you doing? It's me, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa, and welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts and more. That's right, and today's about podcasts, but you do get a little bit more because this week it's two for too many podcasts. We have an episode of Too Many Podcasts today, and we have an episode of Too Many Podcasts tomorrow. Why are we doing that? Because it's a theme week. It's theme week. It's theme week. It's theme week. And I'm calling this theme Starving and Eating. <laughs> well, not exactly, but I figured it's a good way to lump things together. Today has to do with starving, but I'll get to that in a second. It's not about actual starving, so don't worry. If you've got that Snickers bar in your hand, you're fine. But how about a little bit about our guest today? Who's our guest today, Sherpa? His name is Jared Easley, and he hosts a podcast called Starve the Doubts. Get it? Starve, starve. So I was on his show a little while ago, and I'll include the link to that interview in the show notes, in the Sherpa sheet, if you want to check it out. We had so much fun, and I think... Actually, if you listen to this interview first, you might get some of the reference points in some of the silliness in his interview on his show. But we had a great time, and it was a real pleasure meeting him. And we talked about all sorts of different things. He is an accomplished writer as well as a podcaster. And he's an all-around nice guy, too. And we're buddies on Twitter, and we always have lots of nice things to say about each other. If you look on my Twitter page, you will see that someone actually wrote an article about why they like his podcast. This wasn't a person who was paid to do it. This is just a person who loves his podcast. And he's also a podcaster too. So that's a pretty high praise for Jared and well-deserved, I might add. So before I keep carrying on, uh, why don't we just head on down to the conference room at the Sherpa Chalet and we will listen to my interview with Jared Easley of Starve the Doubts. 
Hello, Rebels. Yes, it's time for what we call one of those podcaster interviews. But we are very lucky because today's guest is a guy named Jared Easley, who hosts a podcast called Star of the Doubts. And he's been doing it a little while, and we're going to get to know him and talk about some of the episodes. And maybe we'll do a couple of card tricks if we even have time for that. So we'll see what happens. So here he is, the host of the Star of the Doubts podcast. Mr. Jared Easley, how's it going, Jared? Uh, Jim from Strong Island, I appreciate you lowering your standards to have me on your show. Thank you <laughs> so much. Well, that's so, okay. My standards have always been pretty low anyway. <laughs> well, I, I want to say that uh, when you're going to do card tricks, if you're going to do card tricks, you might as well do them on a podcast. I think that's the best way to do card tricks. That's right. Or even coin <laughs> magic as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I may steal that one from you, but I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> that, that, that segment of the show. So I'm sure people will uh, believe whatever we tell them. That's right. I guess, you know, you know what? I want to start this interview off like how you started your very first interview off. What's the best concert that you've ever been to? Ah, you're a man who's done some homework. That's interesting. Okay. So, uh, concerts, I've been to a variety of different shows from, you know, rock and roll classic bands to, uh, James Taylor. So, you know, anything in between, I've been to, you know, uh, symphony orchestras and stuff. So I've, I've seen some some shows that I really enjoyed, and uh, to narrow it down is always so brutal. But one of my favorite artists is not well-known, but he lives in Asheville, North Carolina. He's a folk singer, um, been doing music for about 40 years, and his name is David Wilcox. If you Google David Wilcox, there's one in Canada, and then there's one in the U.S. It's the one in the U.S., but... He's um, just an amazing guitar player. He plays in different tunings. He'll sometimes change the tuning of the guitar in the midst of while he's playing. <laughs> it is, uh, he's very, very good at telling stories while he's playing the guitar and then instantly going back into the song. Uh, he's just got a craft that he has mastered over 40 years. So David Wilcox, if you ever get a chance, uh, a particular song that's, that's one of my favorites is called Eye of the Hurricane. Uh, it's about a um, a lady who gets on a, an old Honda Hurricane uh, motorcycle, and um, and I'll leave it at that. But if you listen to the song, it's it's a powerful song. But he's got so many good stuff, and he's been doing a lot more live Facebook lives where he's playing just kind of in his in his uh, living room, and they play for about an hour. And a lot of songs are songs I haven't heard before, but they're still excellent because it's you know it's his style, it's his songwriting, and his storytelling, and. So that's that's the answer is David Wilcox. The second answer is a gentleman named Trace Bundy. He doesn't even sing, but what he does is he takes the guitar and he will do different loops and different things, and he'll uh, just play music that you've probably been uh, you've probably heard. Uh, an example might be a song from U2 or "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses, or um, it, 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 just so many other types of songs. And he'll with loops and different things, he'll make this uh, one guitar into multiple instruments. And it'll, it's just a fascinating to see this guy do what he does. He's on YouTube. Uh, Trace Bundy is his name. He's based out of Boulder, Colorado, but uh, just a fantastic musician. If anybody gets a chance to look him up on YouTube, you should. So those are two excellent concerts. If you ever get a chance to see David Wilcox or Trace Bundy, uh, go ahead. So yeah, those, those are my answers. Not, not the pit, you know, not the common pick that people might think, you know, yeah. but, uh, those, that's the people I'm going to encourage folks to look up and, and check out. Maybe learn some new music. So yeah, those are definitely some uh, interesting choices. So have you always liked different types of music growing up or you, you know, I like have a wide variety? 
I, I started playing guitar when I was young. I was under this, this delusion of grandeur that if you learn to play guitar, women will like you. <laughs> that, that wasn't necessarily true for me, uh, but I, I did enjoy playing guitar, and I played all throughout middle school and high school. I was in a couple bands, and I had a, um, this kind of fascination with this idea that I was going to try to make it music, and that never really happened, but I did have a lot of fun and played with some friends, and uh, we kind of mini-toured, if you will, and played some gigs and got paid a little pocket change. And, um, you know, eventually I grew out of that phase. But for, for that time, man, it was some of, some of the best memories. I, I love music. I love playing guitar at the time. I loved songwriting. I don't know that my songs were that great. But, uh, you know, you, in that season of my life, that was just a fun, uh, a lot of great memories. So, yeah, man, love music. Uh, even if I'm not playing the guitar, I certainly appreciate music. When I'm working um, at home during this quarantine time, some of the best productive time for me, Jim, is is when I'm um, listening to uh, like epic soundtracks in the background. So an example might be the movie Interstellar, which I'm, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I love sci-fi type stuff. I love uh, movies that are kind of dystopian and stuff. But, but Interstellar has a fantastic soundtrack by Hans Zimmerman. And another one is uh, um, Inception, a uh, great movie, uh, the soundtrack from that. But, but I'll listen to different soundtracks, and I'll just kind of get in the zone. And, man, next thing you know, I'm, I'm just in a workflow, and, and uh, things are happening. And uh, so that, that's kind of when I, when I need to just buckle down and get focused. I, I pump up some, some really epic soundtrack music, and it kind of gets me going. <laughs> So I'm wondering, like, if you're in a rush, do we hear, like, the flight of the Valkyries in the background going, dun, 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 dun. If I'm going to listen to that particular song, I prefer to listen like a like a cover of it. So I don't want to hear, like, an orchestra. I want to hear somebody play that on, like, a six-string acoustic guitar. And believe it or not, there's people out there that can do that. Now, that's, some of the, uh, that's another thing. I love to get on YouTube and find classic songs like the one you just mentioned and find someone with a single instrument that has mastered that song uh, in a way that we wouldn't normally hear it. And so I've, I've found uh, you know, a few artists that are able to do things like that. And I like listening to that stuff as well. You know, it's funny what you just said before about if you had a guitar that women would notice you and all that. There was something <laughs> I, I'd read a while back. They said if you, for dating sites, they said if you put a picture of yourself with a guitar on your and your picture on your dating profile that women are more drawn to that. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's, that works. But I, but like a guy who plays the tuba should probably get some credit too, because you know, he's lugging all that stuff around. He needs all that breath control. That's got to amount There's, to something. If, if, you know, if, if a woman is smart, she's going to think about, you know, what you just described and how that could be beneficial in more ways than just playing the tuba. So I would, I would say you're probably onto something. I'll leave it at that. That's right. And, <laughs> and you know, he'd be an instant hit around Oktoberfest as well. Well, there you go. And, um, yeah, and, and it's a shame that uh, people that play instruments like the tuba don't get more respect. I think they should. That's right. We need, we need yeah. an album of tuba classics. <laughs> <laughs> there might be one out there, and we're just naive. So I, I, I'm going to take a look after this episode. There, there have been albums. That I, I like, like, unique stuff, too. I was always into, like, comedy music. Uh, novelty music uh, and and I know they actually had like orchestras of kazoos where they would do like classic rock songs oh, wow. or, yeah. <laughs> just on I, kazoo I, you know as, as silly as that sounds it takes a lot of talent to be able to come up with the different harmonies and the different uh, melodies and things that, I, I think that's an interesting thing like um, 
you know, yeah, we can laugh at it. Oh, it's kazoos, but there, there's some talent to that. Yeah, and you have to figure if you're doing more than one kazoo, and you, you, like you said, you have to arrange it the right way because otherwise it just sounds like buzzing. It just sounds. Yeah, that's assuming it sounds good. Yeah. You're right. If it, if it doesn't sound good, it's just a bunch of noise and probably not yeah, going to listen to it too long. Yeah, I don't think anybody could actually ever say, well, I'm a really bad kazoo player. Like, <laughs> no, you, you're okay. That, that is a common joke, though. It seems like if, uh, if somebody's asked if they play an instrument and they don't, they might say, they, well, I play the kazoo or I play the triangle. You know, something like, I play the radio. I've heard them all. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is no wrong answer. Let's talk a little bit about your podcast now that we've talked about kazoos and tubas. I would be glad to talk about those things too, but yeah, we can talk about the podcast. Okay. So, so when did you start doing your show? Uh, I, at the time, this was probably around 2012 is when I wanted to start. And at the time, you know, blogging was uh, even more popular than it is now. But um, that was kind of, uh, if you were in the marketing space, that was what a lot of people would tell you to do. Hey, you need to start a blog. And um I just, I just didn't have that interest in writing articles. I was very self-conscious, Jim, about my writing at the time. I've, I've grown out of that a little bit, um, and I've actually written two books uh, since then, uh, which is you know something I didn't think I would do. But at the time, um, I didn't want to blog, and I thought, well, what are my other options? And then I learned a little bit about podcasting. But I was under the false impression, again, this is 2012, that well, if you're going to podcast, you got to have this expensive microphone. You got to have this extensive setup. You got to learn how to do it. You got to edit, you know, and, and I kind of, I'm ashamed to admit, I, I allowed a lot of self-doubt and self-sabotage kind of kick in. And I didn't start a podcast for a full year. I put it off and put it off, even though I just sensed deep down, this is something I should do. And eventually what changed that for me is I found out about a simple microphone. I don't have one right in front of me. It's not the one I'm using currently for this episode, but uh, I found out about the Audio-Technica 2100. And uh, that microphone was reasonably priced. I want to say at the time, maybe $50. And it sounded amazing as a USB mic you could plug into a laptop. It also had an XLR port on it for uh, any audio nerds out there. They know about what that means. Um, so you could plug into a mixer if you wanted to. But... I found out about that mic and then there was really no excuses after I found out about that. And so I, I, I bought that mic and then it was just like off to the races is like, I started booking Skype calls with people I wanted to do interviews with. And that, that was at the time was a lot easier than I anticipated. Uh, there were different authors and different people I wanted to, to meet and connect with. And so I just said, Hey, can I interview you on my podcast? And a majority of them said yes. And next thing you know, I'd, I had booked all these interviews. I was like, I didn't even have a podcast yet. <laughs> so it was like, uh, you know, I, I probably should start this podcast because now I've got all these, uh, you know, episodes in the can, so to speak. So that's kind of how I got started. Okay. And where did you get the title from? Yeah. So my, um, my uncle, uh, I call him my uncle. He's my dad's cousin. Um, he's a, a pretty successful businessman, lives in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. And um, he's looked out for my family and I for, you know, so you know, many years now, uh, just been somebody to kind of keep an eye on us and check in and uh, just, you know, been a real uh, generous person, uh, family member. And um, when I was probably, I want to say maybe 18 and I'm uh, not 18 anymore, Jim, I won't tell you my age, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a little older than that. Uh, but, but uh 
at the time when I was 18, um, somehow we got on the conversation of success and he had said to me something that really stuck with me. And I didn't realize it would stick with me at the, when he was, you know, saying what he was saying, but he said, you know, Jared, if, if you're, if you really want to be successful in life, there's three things you need to do. And so I'm like, okay, let's hear what he has to say because he's moderately successful. Um, you know, maybe this might be something that'll be helpful. And, and the, the things that he said initially were kind of cliche. Like he said, yeah, like the first one was like, treat others the way that they want to be treated. Okay. That's, that's pretty, um, that's not like mind blowing. That's not, you know, news breaking thing. Um, the second thing was, um, always do your best. And I'm like, you know, okay, that's fine. And then the third thing he said, that's what caught my ear. And it was, he said, the third thing you got to do is you got to starve the doubts. And at, the, at that time, being 18, I didn't really fully appreciate that term, but that term always stuck with me. Starting the doubts, uh, that kind of sounds like motivational, you know, hoorah, whatever, uh, fluffy stuff. Uh, but but I, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've, I've gained responsibilities as a, as a husband, as a dad, as um, a business owner, and other things that... Uh, other roles and responsibilities in my life, I, I've started to realize, man, that, that was, that actually really is essential uh, in anything that you do is, is uh, you're going to come upon different experiences and different things in your life. or You're going to feel compelled to do thir- certain things, or you're going to have to na- navigate treacherous waters, so to speak. And, and uh, when those times come, uh, you know, you really do have to sometimes fake it till you make it. Sometimes you have to um, figure it out as you go. You have to have courage. You have to be brave. And, and um, starving the doubts uh, is a big piece of navigating, working through challenges and then overcoming, you know, obstacles. And uh, so when I was considering the name of the podcast, that title really, really uh, stuck out to me. And I thought, you know, that, that's what I'm going to go with. And I, I went with it. And so far, I've kept it all this time just because I, I, I love that title. Um, the, the podcast is not intended to be overly um, motivational or, you know, inspirational or, or um, self-helpy. It's not necessarily supposed to be all that, but it, but it is professional development and personal development and stories of people who've overcome various obstacles and navigated through a lot of different hurdles and how they work through that. And, and that was what interested me at the time and what still interests me now. And, and so that's the name of the show. And, and that's how it got started was, you know, this, this uh, comment that someone made to me and my family, you know, back when I was younger, but it stuck with me all this time. It's, uh, uh, I thought it was relevant and uh, certainly has uh, played out well. I think um, there's been people that have, have come to me and said, man, I just love the name of that podcast because that, you know, that kind of resonates with me. And, and so, you know, if, if the podcast never was to become anything more than what it is now, I, I would say it's been worth doing. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I belong to certain Facebook groups for podcasters. And I'm sure you probably see a lot of those online. And you can always tell the newbies because they say, oh, I just posted my first episode. You know, tell me what you think. Am I doing this wrong? Am I doing that wrong? And, <laughs> and, and a lot of people give them the same responses. So you can tell that the ones who are comfortable with it are all on the same page. They just say, just be consistent, you know, be in, in, be a good host. You know, they were like, well, but I say, um, and you know, and well, you, you have editing software to fix that. So you can sound a lot smarter. You know, it's, it's no big secret. See, I just said, you know, <laughs> it's no big secret that, that, that people talk like that. And you know, it's okay. It so, is okay. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, were there any guests that you had that really exemplified that about knowing how to keep the doubt away? Well, uh, you know, all the guests had interesting stories. And in the beginning, my strategy for getting guests was, um, you know, I want to get these people that were New York Times bestselling authors and uh, folks that uh, I really looked up to. And um, so I kind of followed that path for about a year. I would, I would pursue certain individuals that I was familiar with already or familiar with their work and um, was gracious to talk to a lot of them. And, and while they were very kind to give me their time, they wouldn't necessarily share the episode. Not that that's the end of the world, uh, but I guess after doing the show for about a year, I realized hey, I, w- I want to kind of interview some people that aren't as well known, uh, but still have some compelling stories. And that's when I, I came across uh, just some more interesting people that, you know, were pretty established or, or doing something really interesting, but they, they might not have been, uh, you know, as, as, as uh, reputable or as, as uh, like a name as recognized recognizable as, you know, some author that's, you know, written New York Times bestselling books or whatever. And, um, and so I started to speak more than to people that were more than just authors. Like I spoke to a musician named Paul Cardall and um, he's just done amazing things with, with his music. And Paul has an amazing story of uh, where he actually had to have a heart transplant. And it is a very compelling story uh, just a really fascinating guy. I mean, the guys, you know, had uh, great success on the, uh, the billboard charts and stuff and uh, his genre of, of uh, music and stuff. But it, it's just, uh, I started to talk to people that weren't uh, the normal people I was talking to. And, and what I found was um, I enjoyed the show even more. And a number of those people were, were gracious to share the episode, which, you know, I never require that. But it, I mean, um, it's always nice when a guest does that. And I, I just noticed when I was kind of, aiming at different types of folks, I was getting a better response from people listening and from the guests. They were uh, more kind and, and willing to share it. And, and so I, I've kind of stuck with that strategy for a while. And, um, you know, I'd love to pretend my show has thousands upon thousands of listeners. It doesn't have that, but uh, it's something that I still love doing. And the stories continue to, to be a source of encouragement to me. And I love the connections and the networking. And, and so for me, uh, like I said, if, if, if nothing else ever came from the podcast, but I just got to network with all these interesting folks and, and uh, heard some compelling stories and uh, it would, you know, it would have been worth it all along. And, um, you know, some other stories was a father dealing with his daughter who had cancer, uh, you know, as a, an infant daughter and the experience they went through at St. Jude Hospital. And, and I, I mean, I could just name so many other stories, just, just things where people went through some really challenging times. And uh, it wasn't all medical stuff. You know, some of it is, um, you know, financial uh, challenges or, or some of it is, um, you know, I was uh, stuck in a day job and I really wanted to, you know, move into a, a career path that I thought, you know, was better for me and had more opportunities. So, so just all these different types of stories of how people figured things out and got quite a collection now since 2013. Uh, now it's 2020. So there's a lot of really interesting stories that uh, we've been able to share through the show. Yeah. And podcasting is all about good stories. I think that's why people like to stick around with, mm-hmm. with shows and especially when it's a story that almost kind of makes them feel a little less alone in the world. I think those are the things that really tend to resonate with the listeners. I, I have gotten emails. I, this is, and this is not said in vanity, but I've gotten emails from one guy. He was like, Hey, I just did a, a like an eight hour road trip. And I listened to your po- podcast, the entire eight hour drive. And I, 
when I read that email, I was like, <laughs> I can't even get my wife to listen to me for eight minutes, Jim. Like, <laughs> this, this guy's crazy, you know, <laughs> but, but I was certainly flattered and, and grateful. Um, and then I've had emails from people like uh, someone in Uganda or someone in, in Singapore who said, Hey, uh, you know, I found your show and I started listening to it. I really appreciate what you've done. And I've learned a lot of, about a lot of interesting people and, and this has been helpful to me. And, and you know, when I, when I received that email, it's just like, you know, people are, are finding the show. They are listening. And I don't always hear that, but sometimes I do. And when I do, it uh, definitely encourages me to, hey, it, this is worth doing. It, it's, it's a, you know, it's not a money maker. It's not a, uh, it's more of a, a passion project. But at the same time, it, it's um, encouraging to myself and it's uh, sharing good stories. And then there's people out there that are hearing that. And that's, that's been a source of inspiration for them. And it's a way of paying it forward. And I, I think uh, that's a win. So, yeah, yeah, definitely nice. Yeah, I mean, the, the most inspiring emails I usually get are, well, we haven't received your check yet. Have you forgotten <laughs> us? We'll be turning this off shortly. You know, that'll inspire me to run real quick. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to, to keep the checks up to date when you can. <laughs> That's usually encouraged. <laughs> I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. Yeah, I, think, I, think Jim, I think Jim is not really running. I think he's, yeah, I think he's okay. So. Well, that that would explain the screen name why my last name never shows up on these episodes. <laughs> There's a reason you're just Jim, and we're we're, we're going to let that one go. <laughs> so, well, well played, and good for you. So. <laughs> well, the podcast chirpa, that's my name this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have uh, handles. It's good to have stage names. Yeah, that's right. So you said that you wrote a couple of books yourself. Uh, yeah, so one of the books that I wrote, uh, a lot of people were asking me about growing their podcast, and I is I had tried a few things that I thought were like eh, creative, and I was like, well, have you tried this? No, I never even thought to do that. Oh, and I had that question asked to me enough. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put together a little presentation. So I I did a webinar one time with some friends, and I shared top ten tips for growing your podcast audience or whatever. And I shared these tips and the feedback was so encouraging that um, it occurred to me, I was like, you know, I should probably just put this into a Kindle book. I've heard that's not that, that difficult to do. And so I uh, took that content and just kind of wrote it out and kind of gave more examples and pieced it together and had a few people that were gracious enough to guide me and point me in the right direction. So I came out with a, a Kindle book and um, the Kindle book did reasonably well. And and then um, a guy who was already a traditionally published author invited me to co-write a book with him on a top that, that was uh, important to both of us. And so we decided to team up. And when I did that, uh, we he had uh, gone to the publisher who he was signed with and said, hey, I'm going to write this book with this other guy. He's not a published author, but it's just a topic that we really want to do. It's okay if you, don't, if you guys don't want the book. Uh, we'll just do it through Amazon and do it... Um, you know, self-published and the traditional publishers know like, no, we, we love that idea. We'll, we'll just sign Jared as a, a, an author too. And, and all of a sudden they say, you know, I'm a traditionally published author. And that was totally by accident. I, I never applied for it. I never asked for it. It was just, um, through, through the podcast, I'd interviewed a gentleman and we became friends. And then he was like, let's co-write a book. And, you know, we, it made sense. So we, we kind of pieced that together and worked through that process and, and ran a, a crowdfunding campaign actually to help uh, grow the visibility of the book and raise a little bit of money. And um, the book did reasonably well. It was um, 
uh, an Amazon bestseller, and it was also uh, featured in uh, Publishers Weekly as a bestseller. Um, we didn't get on like Wall Street Journal or, or New York Times or anything like that, but um, I, I was very pleased with the outcome of that. And there's still people that will contact me this day. Going, hey, I read, I read that book, and you know that really helped me. And, and so there's two books that I've written. One was co-written, and uh, that was a traditionally published book. And then there was one that I wrote uh, just myself, and that was self-published, and that's in Amazon, just a, a you know a, a Kindle book. But um, I have gotten that itch recently, Jim. I think I'm going to try to uh, write my third book, uh, especially with the COVID ex- uh, crisis going on, and there's a little more downtime. So uh, there's a, a good possibility that I'm going to take uh, the time out to, to kind of piece together another book. A lot of people will ask me questions about hosting live events. Was there something else that I do? Uh, there's not a lot of live events going on right now, of course, and rightfully so because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, that's something we've had a lot of experience with, uh, my business partner and I. And I thought, you know what, I should probably write a little book about that because people ask me about it constantly. So that might be my next book is uh, I'm going to call it Throw the Party. And there's an interesting story behind that, um, which I can tell you if you like. But uh, Sure. Go right ahead. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> well uh, so when I was in 10th grade, uh, I had started a new high school. So I had left a smaller private school and went to a much larger public school in the city where I lived, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And I was, uh, I think to put it nicely, I was a fish out of water. I was definitely out of my element going to this new environment in this new school. And like any high schooler, you know, you want to be accepted, you want to be uh, cool, you, or you want to be uh, noticed, or, or, you know, some of those different uh, sentiments and thoughts that, you know, I would think a lot of high school kids have. And I remember I was in a, a history class with a football player, his name was Wayne, and I made the mistake, this is a terrible thing, but I, I didn't realize what I was doing until it was too late. But I had told this guy, Wayne, hey, uh, my mom's going out of town this weekend. Think about having a few people over. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, that, that's like as soon as that word escapes your mouth, it's like, I need to get that back. <laughs> you know, it's, it's too late. Well, and this, this guy's like, oh, man, Jared's having a party. You know, so, so this guy just goes and starts telling everybody, man, Jared's having a party this weekend. Everybody's going. And, and I, at that time, I was like, oh, no, if I don't have this party, like, it's like social pariah, you know, I'm going to be like a social outcast if I don't have this party now. So I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. It was like do or die. It was like, okay, if I don't have this party, then, you know, I'm the jerk who told everybody I was having a party and then canceled it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I should just have the party. So I, I, I talked to one or two people that I trusted and, they're like, okay, we'll come over and we'll kind of take everything that's breakable in the house and we'll lock it in one room. And, and, um, you know, we'll just, you know, they're like, we're going to help you. No, we'll have this, we'll have this party. And so, um, the night came, it was a Saturday night and over 200 people come to my house and they're in my front lawn. They're in my house. They're in the backyard. Um, It was a big fiasco and, and people were parked all the way down the street that I lived on and then on other streets and uh, throwing empty beer bottles in the neighbor's grass and um, making a lot of noise. And, and um, you know, it was a very big party. Uh, 200 may not seem like, yeah, but if you can imagine 200 people in your home, I mean, it's a lot of people. Um, and so 
I I just kind of went with the flow. Uh, some things happened, like a, a shotgun was pulled on somebody. This is not a joke. This really happened, and the police were called. Uh, there was several people arrested for public drunkenness. Uh, everybody scattered. <laughs> Yeah. So it was like this scandal, like this scandalous thing. I had, you know, some things broken in the house, like some tile and um, there may or may not have been someone who urinated on my wall, uh, stuff like that. So it was, it was a crazy party. So the next day I spent all day Sunday cleaning up and fixing whatever I could and um, just trying to get things back to normal, putting things back where I thought they went. I couldn't remember where everything went. So I put stuff where I thought they went. Um, eventually my mom gets home and, and she's like, why is this here? And why is this here? And I'm like, Oh, I played a joke on you. I just wanted to see if you'd notice. Ah. And, and my mom didn't have any, you know, she, she didn't know any better. Um, until the neighbors, uh, she talked to the neighbors and the neighbors told her what I did. And, uh, then I got in trouble, but the, the, the moral of this story, I've, I've kind of built this up, but I went back to school that Monday morning. And my head low thinking, man, you know, what? my, my mom's never going to trust me again. I've just betrayed her trust and I've, I've held this big party and, you know, people got in trouble and now I'm, I'm probably going to come to school and people are going to blame me. And, and so I come to school and it was the opposite. It was like I was the most popular kid in the school. Everybody was talking about this party. Everybody all of a sudden knew who I was. I went from being like this nobody, nobody, you know, anybody knew. Nobody knew who I was. So like the whole school was talking about me and um, the teachers all knew me. I mean, it was like this, this aha moment. <laughs> like, like, like I didn't anticipate that reaction, but that's what happened. And um, so the reason I, I, I'm, if I write a book about live events is I'm going to call it throw the party. And I'm going to tell that story in the beginning of, of me throwing this party in high school and how, you know, all of a sudden I was instantly uh, catapulted into the limelight, right or wrong, and, and, and how um, throwing live events and, and doing things uh, to build community can actually have that same effect. It can uh, dramatically increase your, um, the perception of, 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 you know, what you're doing. It can, um, yeah, it can just uh, increase your profile, so to speak, and, and create more opportunities for uh, community building and things like that. So uh, you haven't perfectly hashed it out, but that's what I'm thinking. Throw the party and it would be a book about helping people if they want to start their own event. Uh, so yeah, anyway, sorry if that was long winded, but that's kind of the idea. So. No, that's okay. And in a time like this, and we are recording this during the uh, little era of quarantine right now. That's true. So you wouldn't throw a party right now. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, and you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't do that now. But uh, when you're sitting down and writing, though, I was saying that I think after this, you're going to see a lot of interesting books coming out because maybe the writers are going to have that time to write and edit and rewrite and just really tweak everything down to the most minute detail and what they want to express. Uh, I have no doubt that you're right. And some of the best innovations come uh, when when things are are kind of down, so to speak. Uh, the economy's down, and then the next thing you know, you have all these technologies coming forth, like I don't know Uber and and you know dozens of others. But um, it will be interesting to see what innovations, uh, what create creative ideas, what kind of projects come forth from this this time period uh, where people have had more time to think and reflect. And um, one of the 
the other days I was uh, taking a walk. I was talking with my sister and, you know, I just had this instant idea for the business uh, in my head. And I, um, you know, I, I, like it had not occurred to me before, but it did on, on a simple walk. So I told my business partner and, you know, I don't know what's going to come from that idea, but you know, it's just kind of one of another, one of those Eureka moments, you know, just like I, I was just walking and I had this idea and now I wrote it down and, you know, let's see what happens with it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff come from this time and yeah. uh, hopefully uh, good things because there's been a lot of bad things, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's unfortunately we're going to have to take the good with the bad. A while back, I was having a conversation with a guy named Oliver Robbins, and Oliver is an actor. He was in Poltergeist. He was in Airplane 2. He was a child actor, and then later on, he became a director and did a lot of movies himself, directed a lot of movies himself. And we were talking about this, and he said, when you think about the last pandemic in in 1918, he said, what happened after? What did they call it? The Roaring Twenties, right? You had this great music and all these movies that came out and everything just kind of came alive. People weren't, you know, people just wanted to be happy again. Well, then I think we're about to see that same thing. <laughs> I, I hope somebody, so. Somebody asked me the other day, like, what's the first thing you want to do when you come out of quarantine? And I was like, I want to go sit down and eat at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I was like, that's a lame answer, but it was true. Like, I, just, I just want a margarita and some queso, you know? So, which I could make at home, but you know, you get the idea. Well, while you're hanging out and spending some time by yourself or with your, with your family, uh, are there any podcasts that you like to listen to? I really do like to listen to podcasts and um, some of it's the true crime stuff. So Crime Junkies is a, a one that gets a lot of play on, on my playlist here. Um, I One thing that not everyone knows about me that they might find kind of funny or, or random is that I tend to to like things uh, related to professional wrestling, which um, I know is <laughs> some people are into that and some people aren't. But there's a guy named uh, Conrad Thompson. He interviews a gentleman named Bruce Pritchard. Bruce used to write, uh, do writing and, and um, do a lot of the storyline development for the World Wrestling Entertainment or World sure. Wrestling Federation back in the day. And so worked, uh, Bruce Pritchard worked very closely with Vince McMahon and and now they do a podcast where they go back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and they talk about these different events and these different storylines in detail and the, the idea behind them and um, kind of the backstory. And, and, you know, growing up as a wrestling fan, I remember a lot of these things, but I didn't know this other side of the story. So that podcast may seem random, but it's, it's one of my favorites. I love listening to that show. It's always interesting to me uh, because, you know, I'm interested in that topic. Um, and then there's, there's other uh, interesting things. Uh, there's different people that I, I look up to and respect. And uh, one gentleman's name is uh, Timothy Keller. I, I always enjoy um, listening to him. He has a lot of different insights that uh, I find fascinating. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. I like a lot of the stuff Wondery does. Um, some of their shows that have, have really been great is like the, the Joe Exotic uh, show, uh, you know, it's kind of a p- piggyback off of the Tiger King podcast. And um, Bad Batch is another one. Doctor Death, uh, all of the almost anything Wondery does, you can't go wrong with. So I, I, but yeah, there's so many good podcasts. My goodness, we could talk all night. So yeah, those those are a few that I enjoy. So all right, well, we have this part of the show, and we call it Shameless Self Promotion. Shameless Self Promotion. <laughs> And this is where you get to let the audience know where they can reach you or 
listen to you or follow you or buy you a kazoo? <laughs> uh, well, the first place they should go, and I mean this wholeheartedly, is Jim, the podcast Sherpa. They should be checking out your podcast, and rightfully so. So if they're not subscribed, need to hit subscribe, leave you a rating and review. And then um, if they're, if they're going to look in another place, you know, aside from the obvious, um, one of the things that I, my business partner and I do is a conference that's actually for podcasters. It's called Podcast Movement. And we've been doing that since 2014. And uh, yeah, this year with the uh, pandemic, uh, our event was going to be in August. It looks like we're going to push it back to October. But it's uh, just a, a lot of podcasters to get together and um, all aspects of podcasting. It's not just one category. It's a variety of categories and people from all levels. Uh, people are starting out. People have been doing it for um, you know, 15 years. Uh, you got um, people from Apple that are there, people from uh, Spotify and, and uh, Pandora, and so so it's 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 a really uh, cool place for anyone that is into podcasting or think they want to get into podcasting. Uh, Podcastmovement.com is the website to go check out, and um, I would encourage you to take a look at it. And, uh, and when it's safe to do live events again, maybe check out one of the live events. But we have some other newsletters and things that are worth checking out. And if you want to connect with me personally, um. Yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best way. Just look up Jared Easley on LinkedIn. You should be able to find me. And I'm also on, uh, you know, the other social medias like Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So, yeah, I always enjoy meeting new people. We should point out that the podcast movement get-together is not going to be at Jared's mom's house. No, it will not be at mom's, my mom's <laughs> house. It'll be at the uh, Hilton Anatole, which is a, a nice, a nicer venue and can fit more people, assuming it's safe to have an event. Yeah. You get a bunch of podcasters together, you know, that furniture is not lasting very long. That's it. That's in Dallas, Texas. We move the event around every year. Um, yeah, I've learned I'll never have any other events at my mom's house. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's to, that's to uh, uh, keep the peace with my mom mainly. So, yeah. Okay. So we've been talking to an author and a podcaster who definitely lives up to the mantra of his show called Star of the Doubts. His name's Jared Easley. Make sure you check out his podcast and maybe you'll get inspired too. Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Jim, I don't deserve it, but I'm grateful for the time. And um, I hope all things in Strong Island continue to stay strong. And now it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. Okay, I figured since Jared is an accomplished author, this week's Sherpa suggestions will be about podcasts about writing and also hosted by writers. So what do we have on the agenda? We have Full Disclosure with James O'Brien, The Tolkien Road. There's a lot of things about Middle Earth and The Hobbit, by the way. The Tim Ferriss Show. We don't talk too much about Tim Ferriss, and he's a well-known writer and podcaster as well. The Al Franken Podcast, Scott Sigler's Audiobooks, Author to Author, Don't Quill the Messenger, Shakespeare Authorship Explored. Hmm, Shakespeare. He, he doesn't sound familiar. I don't know who he is. The name, uh, I don't know. Uh, the name just doesn't sound familiar. But anyway, what's in a name anyway? <laughs> Okay, so we are one down in the two for two mini podcasts week. Thank you so much to Jared Easley for coming on the show and having a lot of fun. He was a great guest. And be sure to check out his podcast, Star of the Doubts. 
And tomorrow, part two of Two for Too Many Podcasts, we will be speaking with Matt Preston. And Matt hosts a podcast called The Apathetic Vegan. And we will be talking a little bit about veganism and vegetarianism and exercise and all that other fun stuff that keeps you healthy. Be sure to follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook with one word, Sherpolution. And that's a great word because you can listen right on my website, Sherpolution.com. S-H-E-R-P-A-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Yeah, I, I shouldn't be a singer. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, Mr. Bruce, I think I'm already in enough trouble. So if you could please show everyone the door, I would appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. See you, Rebels. Viva la Sherpolution! Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Sherpolution! Viva la Sherpolution! <coughs> Yeah, I'll come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>